Stand with me real quick. We're going to get into the word this morning. So excited about the word. Listen, we've had an awesome weekend around here this weekend. We had a men's conference on Friday night and Saturday morning. And uh, Bishop Dwayne Deskins from Seattle, just or from Olympia, Washington, just absolutely spoke a word into this house. And I want to encourage you, uh, even if you're not a man, go in and listen to those podcasts. And uh, and I'm telling you, it's going to be a blessing to your life. Very, very good word. Um, and then last night, we went down to Mingo County, and uh, we jumped and shouted with 4,000 people and acted a complete fool. And that's why Rob is grouchy this morning. Amen. And uh, <laughs> we went for 16 hours. But having you know that his fire is spreading all across West Virginia. Amen? Amen. So if you would, turn in your word to Zechariah chapter 4, or we can get it on the screen here, and we'll get going here. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. And it says, So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Somebody say the spirit. The spirit has got to lead. You can't be in control. For all you control freaks, you can't be in control. The spirit has got to be. Why did all the men look at their wives just now? I don't know what just happened there. I I saw something. It was weird. Okay, okay. Not by might. But by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with the shouts of grace, grace to it. Hmm. Moreover, the word of the Lord come to me, saying, And the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of his temple, and his hands shall also finish it. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. This is where I want to stay right here. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. But I want to focus right there for who has despised the day of small things. I want to just kind of put something in you today. I don't even know so much I just want to preach it, but I just want to get it in you today. You are momentum. Look at three people beside you, around you, in front of you, and look at them and say, you are momentum. You are Moment. The, you, whoever's beside you is, a, is awake. They're not even awake yet. Look at somebody awake and look at them and just get pretty loud and say, you are momentum. You are. Amen. Father, we thank you, God, this morning. Father, I thank you for your presence, God. Father, I thank you for an awakening fire, God, that is spreading across this state. Father, I thank you, God, for a fire, God, that is spreading across our nation. God, that no matter what it looks like in the news, God, there is a remnant of people, God, that still is lifting up the name of Jesus. And Father God, I declare, God, that one life, God, is a house, God, that lifts up the name of Jesus. God, I declare that, God, we are a house that is ablaze for your glory. God, that is proclaiming, God, and prophetically bringing, God, your glory back into this region. Father, we thank you, God. God, I'm asking you, God, for the momentum that's being started, God. Let it be continued, Father. We thank you, God. 
God, let their hearts be touched this morning. God, God, I thank you in advance for people that's going to be saved this morning. For people that's going to be healed this morning. For people that's going to be delivered this morning. People that's going to be set free this morning. Marriages are going to be restored, God. Lives are going to be turned around. And Father, I give you the glory and I give you the honor, God, in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Look at somebody beside you and say, you are momentum. You are momentum. You may be seated. We've been in a series the last few weeks about momentum. Bishop continued that last week, and really wasn't even meant to be a series. It was just meant to be one one sermon itself, but uh, I felt this continuing push in my spirit just to continue it after last week. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about momentum itself. How do you know at One Life we are in momentum right now? We are in momentum that God has done a supernatural thing, that there has been many lives touched and many lives uh, uh, transformed, and God is doing a great thing. Just little things that are constantly being in growth, that are continuing the momentum of what God is doing right here in Nitro. It's in such a momentum that it is grabbing the attention of a lot of people around. It is, like Bishop said yesterday, people you don't even know, people that we don't even know, are walking up and just saying, and thank you for what you're doing in Nitro. Because have you know we are the heart of Nitro. You may not even understand that. You may not even look at it. But if you look at geographically, we are the heart of Nitro. And so goes, so goes, whatever happens in Nitro will begin to flow out of the church. Just like in any part of the world, God won't do a thing unless it comes out of the church. And when the church begins to be in decline, so goes the city, Go, so goes marriages, so goes the nation. But how do you know that as because the heartbeat is beginning to be back in Nitro again, the heartbeat, there is a heartbeat. What looked like it was in a coma, what looked like was was in a death decline what looked like was being given up here in the heart of this little church having to know that the heartbeat has come back yeah and it also begins to declare because the heartbeat is declaring and coming back into the heart of this church that the heartbeat is coming back through the city it's beginning to begin to become back and i want to talk a little bit to you more this this morning about momentum the momentum is best defined as the amount of force a moving body has because of its weight and the speed at which it is moving how many know i was reading a thing the other day that it says a small force can generate greater force than a large mass trying to great to generate it that's why God is blessing us so much because we started in the days of small things we started in the days of small beginnings and and because we grabbed a hold of momentum and we would celebrate people's lives being turned around and we would celebrate every person that's getting saved we would celebrate the small things how you know it is generated momentum and grabbed a hold of a thing and sometimes when you want to do a larger piece or a larger thing it is harder to grab that momentum and begin to push it that's why we are right in the middle of a god moment that's why we've got to seize it for what it is we are in a god moment that we may never have again and when we're in that moment we've got to seize it and say god i declare i'm in your moment god i'm gonna get into what you want from my life and i'm gonna take hold of it So the reality is that you have to understand that today is Father's Day. Today is Father's Day. And and, and you have to understand that I remember the best advice that I ever got, uh, ever got in marriage was that I remember this, this elder in our church came to me and he said, you always remember 
that so goes your life. He said, when a child in your family, he said, when a child sins in your family, it won't affect your house. When your wife, when she sins in your family, it won't affect your house. He said, but when you sin, it affects your whole house. He said, so goes your life as the father, as the head of the home, as the man in my house. So goes what I do will begin to generate or create momentum throughout my house. So when I'm wrong, my whole house is wrong. Have you ever, have you ever noticed that just little things like whenever you come home and maybe your wife's maybe in a bad mood, which thankfully I never had those things because my wife is never moody and it's always a great thing. But just when very few times she has been in those places is that when she is in it, how many know I can come home and fix it? Y'all are quiet this morning, but I can come home and fix it. I can come home and put my arms around her and fix the situation and the house will begin to change. The atmosphere will begin to change. But the, but the thing is, when I'm in a bad mood and I come home, how you know, because of my presence and because of the head of being the man, it shifts the whole house when I come to the door, good or bad. And the reality is, there's times where, uh, this is the thing, that even if she would not accept me trying to change the atmosphere within her, that my presence alone was shifted within the children. It was shifted within the house. But this is the thing, when I stay in that place as a man, what it begins to do is, it shifts the whole home, good or bad. And we begin to see that when you begin to read the Bible in Genesis, that the very first dysfunctional family was Adam and Eve. Your family ain't the first dysfunctional family. Have you know we all think so? And can I tell you something? Everybody's family is dysfunctional in some way. Your dysfunction may not be my dysfunction and my dysfunction may not be your dysfunction, but we're all dysfunctional in some way. And it ain't your fault, it's Adam and Eve's fault. It jacked us all up because they were the first family and they were dysfunctional from the beginning. And you begin to see there that when, when Eve sinned, it didn't affect the generations to come, but it's when the apple or the fruit got into Adam's hands and Adam decided to take it in. That's when God said, now you're cursed upon the earth. It wasn't when the woman took it in, it's when the, when the husband or the man began to take it in. Now it affected every generation to come. Paul began to write it like this. He said, because of one man's sin, it affected generations to come. That's how important a man is in our lives. That's how important it is in our lives. That's why what's really wrong with America, that's what's wrong with our nation, that we have become a fatherless nation here in America. But how we know that the Bible says in Malachi that he's going to turn the hearts of the father back to the sons. And there's going to be a great revival of fathers and sons uniting and pulling back. And it's not just going to be in the natural, but it's also going to be in the kingdom and begin to produce a thing that's going to begin to explode into the world. But we begin to see the first absent father was Adam. Could you imagine? Responsible for all mankind. Responsible for all things. And all of a sudden he messes up. Have you know, men, when we mess up, all we want to do is go to the man cave and ignore everybody. We feel ashamed. We feel wrong. We feel... So Adam ran off to his man cave of the garden, <laughs> whatever that may be. 
And here he sat, leaving his family to guard for themselves. And all of a sudden he had two sons, Cain and Abel. And Cain got so angry with Abel that Cain killed Abel. Why did that happen? Because of an absent father in the life. An absent father created anger within that child that could never be taken back because Adam was nowhere in the picture. When you're reading the scriptures, Adam was not mentioned anymore, but it talked about Eve that was producing sons. Eve, the woman, was producing sonship. Does not sound like America? We have women that are taking claim for being the father in the home. Even today, all across Facebook, you're going to see women that, 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 uh, that it'll say, thank you for the mother that took on both roles. Can I tell you something? Even if you are taking on both roles, you can never replace the role of the father. Y'all are quiet this morning. You can never replace the role of the father. You can do things as best as you can do. You can take little Johnny to the, to the, to the little league game. You can take him to the ball game. You can take him out to eat. You can try to be the father. But the reality is you are never going to be the father in their life. And it will create an emptiness inside that child. It will create a longing inside that child to where they will begin to act out like Cain and Abel. And all of a sudden there's murder, there's rage, there's wrath inside that child's heart. So here we begin to see this destruction that began to happen in the first family. And as the first family goes, it began to put this momentum that passed down from generation to generation to your life. But here I want to let you know that there are good fathers out there. I'm reminded of a word of when, do you remember the, the centurion here Jesus was coming through the streets Coming through the streets, he was looking because of what, here all of this was going. People were pressing to get to Jesus. And here these two situations was the woman with the issue of blood come and touched him. But at the very same time of her touching him, a centurion man came up on Jesus. A centurion soldier came up on Jesus that his daughter laid dead in the bed. She was dying and she needed a touch from God. But I want to let you know that there was a man that went after Jesus, my good God. How many know we need some men that are going to go after Jesus when there's sickness in our house? And I ain't just talking about a natural sickness. Yes, we need men to raise up and go after a thing even when the natural sickness. But I'm talking about when you know there's something wrong in your home. You don't just sit on a couch and ignore it. But you go after Jesus with your worship. You go after Jesus with your praise. You go after Jesus with your prayer life. And you say, God, I'm not coming out of this closet until my family turns around again. Listen, I thank God for praying mamas. I had one myself that I I would hear at three, four in the morning, but we need men to raise back up again and say, I'm going after Jesus until my family is turned around. Going after Jesus. Here he came to Jesus and he began to say, Jesus, my daughter is dying. And he said to him, I don't even need you to come to my house All I need you to do because I understand authority. Mm. He didn't just understand authority because he was a centurion soldier, but he understood authority because he was a man. 
You may not want to hear it. You may not even want to even accept it. But a man has an authority that no one on this earth has. And he says, because I am a man, I didn't send my wife. I didn't send my servants. I didn't send my other kids. He said, but I come in the authority of a man. And he said, because of my word, my good God. Have you ever had that happen? That, that, that here, the kids are acting up. And you've done all you can as a wife. You beat them, you put them in corners, you put them in timeout, you've taken everything away from them, and nothing works. But then all of a sudden, they'll say, wait till your daddy gets home. Oh, the kid goes crazy because they know when daddy comes home, everything's going to change. Just the word that daddy is coming to the house, it will shift a kid. Because how you know, there ain't nothing like a whipping from your daddy. Ain't nothing like the force of that. I promise you that. I had a few of those in my lifetime. But the word that daddy's coming home. And he said to Jesus, I don't need you to show up. I just need you to send a word from the heavenly father to reach my house again. How many know we need some men? We need some young men that get it at this age and said, I need a word from God to reach my family, to reach my business, to reach my life, to reach my family. I need a word to shift who I am inside of me. Somebody say a word. He literally, with one action, shifted his family. The same way that Adam gave up on his family, it shifted his family into a place of destruction. Shifted his family into a place of rage. It shifted his family into a place of murder. Here, with one action of one man, it shifted his family back to life. One action can bring momentum in your life for the good or the bad. Mm. Your life today is the result of the actions you have made in your life. And have you ever felt like your life was just snowballing out of effect? Snowballing to where it seemed like everything was completely out of control. One action... Have you ever had those days where you said, if I could just go back and have that one moment again in my life, that one moment, if I could change one thing, it would change my directory of life. I saw something on Planet Fitness the other day, and, and it literally was just a calendar flipping, and it said, today's a new day. Today's a new day. Today's a new day. And I'm telling you, as I sat and stared at that video screen, I began to just praise God inside of me that said, God, I can't take back my yesterday, but I can take back my today. And my life may be an, a result of my actions today, but God, I thank you that today is a new day and my life can shift and change in the moment of my actions today. We need some men that get that down inside of them that said, my kids won't go through what I went through. My kids won't have to go through what I've been through in my life. I'll never forget that Ellie and I, when we got married, it was not the best of situations. Didn't know each other. I know it's funny because now, 12 years later, Ellie and I get this thing all the time that, oh my God, you guys are such an example of marriage and you guys are wonderful and, and, and all this stuff. And it puts so much pressure on us because if you only knew where we came from. If you only knew how we started, 
Good God. If you only knew that there was a predestined date for failure on our lives. Everything turning against us. Everything was wrong. Didn't know each other. Didn't love each other. Should never, never, ever should have gotten married. Took a couple years for us to even fall. And I know this is making y'all uncomfortable. But I, I, I just believe that my life will help somebody else's. Because I remember the moments in my marriage and in my life that, that you could see the small shifting of momentum turning in the other direction when divorce was all we were staring at, but small things. I remember one day we made up a decision that we said, you know what, and, and listen, you have to understand that my wife is, is very sweet, but she's stubborn. She is stubborn. She's stubborn. I mean, for real, y'all, she's stubborn. Y'all can laugh, like for real, Stubborn. Y'all don't even know. And I'm stubborn too. So it's like having two donkeys in a house. And you can King James that and take it however you want to take it. But it was bad. And, 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 and have you ever got to the place in fighting where neither one of you will back down because the one of y'all don't want to be weak? Well, if I back down, that means you're going to run over top of me. You ever felt like that? And I don't want nobody running over top of me. And so we had both come from backgrounds to where our lives have been beaten down and taken over and all and so we were at this point of our life where we were both strong individually but bad together because we were not going to back down to each other because if i back down to each other that means one of us are going to take advantage of the other one y'all been there don't be looking at me crazy y'all in marriage too And, and i'll never forget the very moment when we made a decision that no matter what comes we're gonna try we're going to compromise. And I'll never forget standing in the kitchen one day and we made a decision that no more bad words, but we're going to try with what we're doing in life. We're going to try together. And there would be times where I would try and she wouldn't try. There would be times that she would try and I wouldn't try. But it was those times because someone was trying. Y'all aren't hearing what I'm saying. It was because someone was trying that the little things began to snowball into good things. And what was once on a directory path of bad all of a sudden took a boomerang and went the opposite direction. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I'm talking about what should have ended in bad all of a sudden went the opposite direction. Am I telling you it happened overnight? No, no, no. Am I telling you attitudes change? No. Am I telling you that we change? No. But I'm telling you this over a matter of time. Momentum got behind small words and our marriage began to go in the other direction to where now I couldn't imagine my life without her. I see that God placed her in my life and we're stronger than we've ever been before. And listen, I'm telling you this, it didn't just affect me and her. But it affected my children. Yeah, you ain't hear what I'm saying. I'm talking about it affected my children. And I don't want to get into it because there's details there. But it changed their lives. It shifted their lives for the good. It shifted them even when days felt bad. That someone has got to rise up and change a generation. And say it's not even about me any longer. But it's about you, God. I want to say this to you because there, with momentum, there is something called forward motion. And there's also something called momentum. 
And a lot of times we put the two together, but they are two totally different separate things. And, and, and in my own mind, I've placed them together categorically in my mind that they're the same thing. But they're not the same thing at all. Have you know, a lot of times in life, it feels like when you take a step forward, you get a knock step, two steps backwards. To where in life, you feel like if I can just stand still, I'll be doing good. If I don't lose ground anymore, I'll just be doing good. Because have you ever had life where it's just pushing you farther and farther and farther away from where you want to be? You want to be over there, but you are so far away from where you really want to be. And every time you take a step forward, you do good for a day, you do good for a week, you do good for a month, then all of a sudden something comes and knocks you back. Let's just talk about dieting. I mean, here you have an ideal weight over here, and you do good for a month, and all of a sudden it's free ribs and cookie day at work. Don't even know how it happened. Ain't nobody ever been good to you, but all of a sudden you start dieting, and everybody wants to bring you ribs and cookies. Right? And, and where you want to be is over here. But then you keep getting knocked back. It ain't even, listen, I know it's your decision, but it's just little things keep getting in your life. And then you get to a point where you're so far over here, you're driving through Charles Charleston and the hot light sign is on. Only the real people got that because Krispy Kreme hot light sign is on. And you go from being over here. But it seems like if I can just get moving forward and I can just stand still, I'll be doing okay. But the reality is, is that God doesn't just want us to be standing still, but he wants us to be in a forward motion going from him. That's why the Bible says we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. He compared it to Jacob's ladder, that Jacob's ladder was continually going up in him. He doesn't just want us to be saved and all of a sudden get some church clothes on and call ourselves some Christians. But no, no, no. He wants us to be growing in him, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory in every part of our lives. But there's this thing called forward motion to where you start taking steps forward and you're doing good. And, and the reality is it means a progressive motion forward, but it's still controlled. You are still in control of your motions being forward. And have you know a lot of times in business, a lot of times in our lives, a lot of times in our education, we stay right there at that place because we are in control of our lives. You ain't hear what I'm saying. We are in control of our destinies. And so we're happy because we're moving forward. I wasn't what I was last year, but I'm better than who I was last year. And so because I'm better, I'm happier. And But the reality is, in this forward motion state, it's a good place, but it's still controlled. When you get into a place where momentum begins to happen in your life, it is uncontrolled and no one can control it. Not even you. It is a state to where it turns into an avalanche where you're just sitting there trying to hold on. The good things are happening so much to where you don't even know how they happened in your life. And the reality is most of us can't relate to that because we don't even know what it is to be in a good state of momentum. And so I'll relate it to the bad that if one more thing happens, if, it, if it one more rainstorm happens, if one more, and so we're in this continual momentum to where we have no control of our lives. We're not in control any longer. But I declare to you one life. I declare to you men. I declare to you women that a good state of momentum is coming that you ain't even going to be able to control. 
See, God said, I don't want you to be in control when it comes to me, my good God. I don't want you to be in control when it comes to the spiritual world. He said, you've been in control of everything else. You've been in control of your family. You've been in control of your business. But when it comes to the things of me, you got to let control go. And you got to let the momentum run with your life to where you are out of control within him. That's why the word said in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. Listen, look at two people beside you and say it's time to lose control. It's time. I declare prophetically, thank God for the growth that's happened here to One Life. Thank God, Bishop said this last week, that it is intentional of everything we've done. And I promise you, if you knew all the work, all the planning, all the strategic nature that we have placed into place, I'm telling you, it is intentional for growth to happen around here. But I am waiting for a supernatural momentum to begin to happen to where it is beyond our control and we're just holding on by the seat of our pants and people are getting saved left and right. We don't even know where to put them. We don't know where to place him, but God is just sending him from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. God, I got so much more in me this morning. There's a verse in Ezekiel that they said last night, and I want to read it to you because it is an incredible verse. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 47, he said, hear the, war, the Lord, the word of the Lord. That is the sovereign Lord says, I'm about to set a fire to you. It will both green and dry. But the blazing flame will not be quenched. And every face from the south to the north will be scorched by it. That is my prayer. That there becomes a flame that is so uncontrollable. That it begins to set a fire in the mountains of these uh, in the mountains of these hills and everything that we've been trying to listen thank god for controlled fires y'all ain't hearing me the real kingdom ain't talking to me this morning i'm talking about it's good to have a controlled fire we all like it to go roast marshmallows. We all like it to roast our hot dogs. We all like it to get in the backyard around a little fire pit and have a controlled fire. But can I tell you something for the church? We've had a controlled fire for long enough. But it is time for the fire to begin to spread and go to every house that is involved at One Life. That it begins to affect homes. And the fire begins to flame. It's uncontrolled. It's, it's ununderstood. And the reality is you can't even describe it and when it comes out your mouth you just say it's Jesus I, I ain't got no words for it I can't describe it it's just Jesus I, I dare someone to shout Jesus oh my god he says there don't despise I'm ending with this there's don't despise the things of small 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 things a lot of times when we quote that we say small beginnings but he says small things small things. David is such a prime example of what a man should be and what a father should be and also what the kingdom should be because in this situation, here David was, a giant was attacking his land, but he said, I'm going over not just to feed my brothers but to see what this giant's all about. And when he got there, when he got to the place, his brothers began to talk mockery 
begin to mock him, begin to despise him, said, who is this person? Who is this David that's here? And it says there in the verses, he did not respond, but he turned and spoke to another. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you something? When you're trying to change your life, there's going to be all kinds of people that are going to put opinions where they have no responsibility. They're going to tell you everything you're doing wrong on what you're trying to do right. They were okay when you were jacked up. They were okay when you were eating like them. They were okay when your life was like them. They were okay when you were in ruins. But all of a sudden, you want to pull out of the ruins. All of a sudden, they got an opinion about what you're doing. It's amazing to me that people ain't even trying to confront the giant in the regions and in families and in the nation. But they got an opinion about you because you're trying to fight the giant. You got to turn from them. Somebody say turn from them. It is the best thing you can ever learn in life. You, have you ever gotten a Facebook fight with somebody? It is the most ignorant thing that you can get into. Because no one wins at the end of the day. And the reality is they don't even know what they're even talking about, but Google's on their side. They just Googling every answer you say it. Everybody's a professional. Everybody is a marriage kind. Everybody, listen, all these people lately talking about these people with these, with the, with the parents that the kid fell into the gorilla pit and the kid that fell and got eaten by alligators. All these people bashing parents. Like we ain't all lost a kid at one time or another. Come on now, y'all can be real. Everybody's lost a kid in Walmart before. And you didn't really lose them. They're just hiding from you, hanging in the little kids, you know, in the little clothing rack laughing at you they didn't really get lost they're just playing hide go seek and thank god that an alligator didn't eat your kids when you turned your back but it's funny how everybody has an opinion these days everybody has an opinion but it's easy to have an opinion when you have no responsibility how in the world can you have an opinion over what i do with my children when you never paid a dime for them yeah yeah I'm going to say this to you because some of y'all have some fathers that aren't in the lives and some mothers that aren't there. And you need to look at them and say, how can you have responsibility when you ain't paid a dime for this child? I just helped somebody right there. You need to turn your back and continue to do what you're doing. Sometimes the best thing you can do is be silent and do what you're doing. Just continue to put your faith. Let me tell you something. There are people that have all kinds of opinions about what we're doing here at One Life. There are people that have an opinions about what we do right, what they think we do wrong. But all I know is they ain't seen a person saved in their church in a long time. But you're going to tell me how to run this church. Can I tell you something? You know what I do? I don't confront it. I don't text it. I don't email it back. I don't get on the phone. I just turn my back and I just keep on going because we got people to reach and it ain't the haters around us. But David said, I got some for this giant. And he went down. He didn't get the sword of Saul. He didn't get the sword of the king. But he went down and got five smooth stones. My good God. Five smooth stones. Something so small. But can I tell you something? There is something in your life or that is around you that God is going to let you pick up very quickly that's going to kill some giants that's been attacking your family for a very long time. But what you got to do is you got to 
be aware of the stones in your life that they're there for a reason and when God lets me take a hold of this small thing it's going to destroy some family issues that I've been fighting with for a very long time Uh, the small things I want to end with this David said (laughs) he would come running through the battle and I want to read it verse by verse because it is incredible what David said Uh, he said Goliath Thou hast come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, my good God. But I have come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, and whom I have last defeated. Can I tell you something? Your greatest momentum is in your mouth. Your greatest momentum of how your life is going to go or how your family is going to go or how your business is going to go is in your mouth. See, the enemy wants to constantly put negativity. See, that's like what Dave, what Rob was doing this morning. Inside his flesh, he wanted to go back to sleep. Inside of his flesh, because I knew Rob had four hours of sleep last night. And thank God for people that are so faithful that said, no matter how I feel, I'm not going to complain I'm not going to be jacked up, but I'm going to praise the name of the Lord forever. And you've got to make up in your mind that I am changing this situation with my mouth. With my mouth, I'll give God praise. With my mouth, I'll lift up to Zion and tell him how good he is. I'll change. Listen, even if you've got a jacked up husband at home, it's up to your mouth to change it. With your mouth, begin to tell him how good he is. Begin to tell him the good things about him begin to praise him even when he don't deserve it i'm telling you with your mouth momentum is going to come to your home again you will shift your home you'll shift your children you'll shift everything around you because there is momentum and it's not by might it's not by power but it's by his spirit listen i know that y'all are quiet this morning but i feel like preaching this morning because i got right up in the fire last night it was jumping with four thousand kids worship in the name of Jesus on top of a mountain and I'm telling you that there is power that's coming back to this church because of the spirit of God I'm telling you we're going to begin to see things like we've never seen before because it's not just a natural momentum but there is a spiritual thing that is going to begin to happen and I am telling you my good God that there are people that are blinded eyes are going to begin to be opened up deaf ears are going to begin to be opened up people in wheelchairs are going to get out. I'm telling you all across that crowd last night, healings were beginning to happen. People's lives were being set free. And I declare the same spirit that was there being this altar at one life today. Somebody give God some praise right there. Stand with me this morning, if you don't mind. I know I'm all over the place this morning, but my God, I feel... I feel like my, my spirit is being pulled in so many different directions this morning. Can you just lift up your hands with me and with your mouth? Just begin to change the trajectory. I don't even know how you got here this morning. I don't know what you had to go, go through to get here. But can I tell you something? You ain't got to go home the same way. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, begin to just begin to praise God right there where you're at. Come on. We don't need music right now. Come on. Rob will get them placed in a minute, but with your voice. Come on, just begin to lift up your your voice right there where you're at. Come on. 
Come on, you're being quiet this morning. Come on, with your mouth, begin to praise God right there where you're at. You know what? I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's your husband. Say, God, I thank you for my husband. Maybe it's your kids. God, I thank you for my children today. Come on. Y'all are being quiet. Come on. Father, we thank you, God, this morning. Father, we praise you, God, this morning. God, the trajectory of our life is aiming in a different direction this morning. Can I tell you something, man? I don't know where you're at with your family. But I am telling you, God placed so much power inside of you. That you are going to shift your family for the good. I ain't telling you it's not going to be easy. I'm not telling you there ain't going to be some bad days. But I'm telling you, God placed strength within you to change it. good God listen if you're ready for a change in your life and that's you this morning I want you to come to this altar I want you to come you are the momentum that you need you keep waiting for it within somebody else but you are all the momentum you need you are you don't even realize you have the power to affect other people around you But God said, I need it to happen within you first. Come on, if that's you this morning, I want you to come to this altar. I want you to come and say, you know what, God? I need a shift. I need a change. I need something to begin to shift in my life. I need momentum to begin to go in a different direction. Maybe that's you struggling with your marriage. I'm telling you as a living witness, God can restore your family. I'm telling you, I promise you, God can turn around a situation. Come on, as we begin to sing this song, I want you to just begin to lift your hands and worship him right there where you're at. Come on. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Welcome to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious 